You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... Welcome to the Wrestling Rewind. The only wrestling podcast by fans who don't hate wrestling. All right, everybody, it is Tuesday here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. This is the Wrestling Rewind, the only show by wrestling fans who don't hate wrestling. Podcast 78. My name is Daryl O'Connor, but I'm not alone. I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Martin Herty. How are you, Martin? How's she cotton? Very good, man. Very good. Tired, busy. But hey, we uh, we have a, a a different show this week because we're not in the time machine this week. Well, we are by like a day, but uh, it's a it's a more modern trip to the past rather than twenty years ago because we are going to talk about uh, the propaganda event, <laughs> Crown Jewel. It's going to be a fun one. <laughs> it's going to be a fun one. Now I have to say, for a propaganda event, it was a very good show. I must say, it, this is like the WrestleMania. This is basically like bigger than SummerSlam for a lot of ways. And it's a little bit bigger than, than WrestleMania. It was a better booked card. Uh, but yeah, man, like when you forget the circumstances around what this event is, it's a lot easier to enjoy. But then when they beat you over the head with it again, you're like, oh man, stop. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the, the history books are going to look back at, uh, at this going, this was in bad taste, you know? Yeah, well, but, Vince isn't thinking about the history books. Vince is thinking about, what is it, uh, 50 million a show they get? I don't, look, as I said, there, it's so much money. And apparently all the planes, there's like four private planes and they pick them up and that. So it's like, they're making serious bank. But at the same time, it's like, every time these shows happen, you just see people in moral disgust just leaving the product in droves <laughs> and again you can't hold back anyone on the show because they're getting paid like serious money i know wwe are very propagandistic with certain things you know where you did the the tribute to the shoot the troops, troops and, and, that. and all that kind of stuff and you're like you know what you're getting but it's like that kind of makes sense i guess to an extent but this is solely just shilling for money like i mean soullessly I'm, shilling like <laughs> i'm kind of yeah, I'm kind of in two minds about it myself, because on the one hand, yeah, I mean, that's all true, and that leaves a certain aftertaste. But on the yeah. other hand, you know, like, they do shows in Britain, and Britain has a long history of murdering journalists and human rights oh, lawyers. Yeah. Oh, that's they do, point. they're obviously based in the US, and nobody's mm. going to claim that the US has the greatest, you know, human rights track record in the world. Um, I mean, none of that makes it okay, but if you're going to sort of judge things on a on a level playing field yeah maybe it's just because what we're used to we're so used to seeing shows you know Mm. around the world um i guess it's not even like what you said is all true and that is a fair point and to be honest with you when you think about that way as well it does put a new spin on it 
But it's like, it's more the outright propaganda element of it. You yeah. know, that's the problem. It's not so much where it is, because that, you know, do a show anywhere. That's just the way it is. Like, as a performer or whatever, you're going to kind of play wherever you're going to play. You're going to perform wherever you're going to perform. And that's, that's it. And also performing in front of a new, a new market as such. It is what it is. But it's very similar to the way you see uh, Marvel or Disney in general um, bend to the Chinese communist regime. Yes. Or, or whatever, you know, or they will like, they'll, they'll, like, for example, in Star Wars, they had the first gay kiss, but they cut that out <laughs> yeah. in the Middle East, they cut it out in China. And you're like, what? You, okay, right, fair, but why include it if you're not, if you're going to, to bend to certain things? It's just a very, the very, um, it's talking out both sides of your mouth, you know, where it's like, okay, you're doing it, cool, but why aren't you? you know why you bend them for these markets you know it is what it is but it's amplified because instead of it just being one part they're removing it's fundamentally changing the show around to have elements or then just include segments where you're like michael called saying and we're in this great place it's the biggest place in the world look how awesome it is and you're like michael Cole, like please stop <laughs> You're losing although, all credit. Although to be fair, yeah. once once we get into the notes of the matches, yeah, there's, oh, there's a couple of points where I said, "Michael Cole, please stop." Yeah, yeah, he, it was a very, it was a Michael Cole, please stop night, you know. And we're we're not going to beat this over the head. I think Solomonster calls a sweet Saudi, sweet Saudi money six, and that's kind of <laughs> what it was. It so reminded look, me what you were saying there a wee bit of there was an old schlocky B film from the eighties called Red Dawn. Yeah, about yeah. The, yeah, it was about the Chinese invading the US and this plucky group of high school kids like launch a guerrilla war to defend their town. A guerrilla war that the US, if it was happening anywhere else, would call terrorism, but never mind. Um, but anyway, they remade that in, I think, yeah, they did. 2010, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was in around that, yeah. So they remade it and same, same film, same premise and everything. And then they realised, oh my God, the Chinese market is one of the biggest film markets in the world. Yeah. So they went through the film they made and they digitally altered every single flag to turn it from a Chinese flag into a North Korean flag. Every single one. Yeah. At least with that, that's a risk, you know, and you're like, okay, it's a bit, it's a, it's a bit of a risk. At least with WWE doing their pandering, you know, you have to give the devil his due in here. They already have the money. <laughs> <laughs> already like all right we want you to deliver when disney and stuff do it it's like they can just get banned out right so you know it's funny that the saudi regime is actually a bit more like relaxed than the the chinese communist regime which just has no chill at all you know um <laughs> so it's like all right let's go. it's it's a mad world that we live in man it, it really is bizarre and when i'm watching the show because like none of the things you're watching you're like ah it's grand or whatever and then like something weird happens and you're like Geez, that's weird. It takes you out of it, you know? It is. And then, and then, God, I, I'm not really in two minds. I'm in about 10 minds about this. Yeah. Because I was watching it, though, and, man, this crowd was hot. They were yeah, really right? into it. And really they were just so yeah. happy to see these, these, these wrestlers or these superstars there. And, I mean, man, like, Kenny can't take that away from them. Like, no, like, it's absolutely. not their fault. It's a horrible regime. Like, and and that's what I was saying to you. Like, here's the thing. You know, it is what it is. When you saw like we girls in the audience and they yeah. saw women in the yeah. ring wrestling, like this is yeah. a huge thing for them. Yeah. And absolutely. again, I'm sitting there going, oh, on the one hand, 
this is terrible. They should just go, no, these are our principles. And if you don't like our show, we're not taking it there. And on the other hand, you're going, oh, look how like inspired and happy these wee girls are to see yeah, women wrestling fair. on a huge that's, stage. That's a fair point, too. And we're going to have to say as well, you know, they have actually come from having one women match where a bottle was thrown at them to having the queen, yeah. the queen's crown, which the fact that they had a woman being crowned there was like pretty big. So like, you know, or, uh, yeah. as I said, like, you know, people listening to this show, we're trying to be fair. <laughs> we're trying to be as fair and balanced on this as we can be. That Rhea season, or Rhea, what was the city called? Rhea, is it? Uh, Riyadh. Riyadh. That yes. Riyadh season party that they showed. Looked amazing. I think looked less. Yeah, I don't yeah. know to go to that. <laughs> uh, no, I have to say like, and you know, Saudi Arabia does look pretty cool you know as far as like a location but it's just like you gotta, you gotta calm down a bit you know you gotta just chill out and to be fair if your man is saying what he's saying then fair like if he does it but i did find out that Riyadh means the guard which is a cool name that's, oh, that's, that's pretty good. awesome you know it's yeah. a lot better than uh some dublin names which don't make any sense <laughs> you know? dublin for a start i know it's, so it's supposed dublin, to be so no, dublin translates as blackpool doesn't it uh, Dove Lynn, yeah, from the Viking. Here's the thing. You know that that where that Blackpool actually is. It's still there. It's not the Liffey. It's uh it's up by um it's a little garden and you can go see it and it's like that's the Blackpool of Dublin. Oh yeah, so good. it's an it's an actual do thing. The, do the locals have like a name for it like they do with the Hoor and the Sewer and Oh well no, it's that's the it's called the Dublin. That's what it is, it's the Blackpool, <laughs> you know. It already has a name. No, what's it? Uh yeah, the 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 floozy into jacuzzi and Olivia, <laughs> she's up uh, up by Houston Station now. That's where she is. Uh, but yeah, that that's lost on our American and UK listeners completely. But come to Dublin, it's great where where you can see all these wonderful you, things. You can see <laughs> the Molly Malone statue or the tart with the cart. Oh man! Oh, what's it? The the spires, the stiffy and the liffy. <laughs> well, I tell you what, Belfast isn't to be left out of this because no, Belfast is wonderful too. When you uh, when you come up to just outside West Belfast on the West Link, there's this big, huge uh, public artwork. I think it's a, officially the name is something like New Dawn or Dawn Rising or some waffle like that. But it's basically two huge balls, one ball inside the other ball. <laughs> <clears throat> and it's on the it's on the West Link in the West, so <laughs> oh, no. people call it uh, the Westicle, or oh, man, that's wonderful, or or the Westies. Oh no! <laughs> or because it's right beside the Falls Road, they call it the Balls and the Falls. Oh man, I love it! <laughs> I love it. it. It's so funny, like because like there's so much similarities. Like what I like about Belfast is that like going to a different country, but not really, because it has so much similarities to like Dublin. But then it has like, it's also like Manchester. So it has like those two weird things just kind of crossing together. So you're like, ah, it's weird. And then there's just Irish stuff happens and English stuff happens at the same time. You're like, ah, it's weird. I, I, find, weird. It a, I find it a lot like Cork. I lived in Cork for It is for very like Cork. Years. Yeah, it's very like, it's, as I said, it's like, um, it, it's, it's like um, a major Irish city had, a, had an affair with like Manchester. <laughs> Because it's really well planned out, and it's like this city makes you know it's it's lovely, and it's, and I like going to Belfast a great deal. But you can actually find your way around things. You go to Dublin, you're like, I don't know where anything is. I know it's over there somewhere. <laughs> at, le at least you can always in Dublin, you can always just look for the spire. 
That's true. Actually, that's not a bad shout to if you get lost. You're like, oh, I can just oh, there it is. I must be close to something. But anyway, uh, yeah, Riyadh means the garden. The so garden. Oh. It is. It is very nice. And to be fair, it did look pretty cool. Um, and look, I also like the timing of it. I was in work and I was uh, talking to one of my bosses, and I'm like, yeah, look, I have I have a <laughs> I have crown jewel on here in the corner. So uh, just <laughs> I'm a bit distracted. That's why. But um, yeah, man, I really enjoyed the time of this. It was cool. Like it was about what five o'clock Irish time. It was on. It was finished about nine. So that was like that was lovely. That's like handy. Yeah, that's that's what. It, and for you, for US listeners specifically, you have no idea how rare that is <laughs> for us. You have no idea how rare that is that you can actually just watch wrestling at a normal time, like not one that's like weird and you know obscure. It's like just a normal normal time you're not up to like anti-social hours or anything like that so if, if you uh, want to watch rampage in ireland it doesn't even start till 3 a.m yeah so like that's it man. you know it's like uh, as a wrestling fan uh, it worked out quite well for me the job that i do because everyone's on san francisco time so that's just my body clock but i had to like every wrestling fan's natural clock is eastern time because of wrestling <laughs> That is our natural time, and it's really weird. I can't explain it to anybody. It's just like, listen, I've been a wrestling fan my whole life. It makes more sense to run on on US Eastern time. So it was nice to actually have that, uh, to have that as not a factor, you know. All right, Martin. So let's actually get into this. Uh, so again, overall thoughts. I thought it was a pretty good show. Like I, it, it's actually, to be frank, it was probably the best show that WWE have done all year right it was it it made like the finishes were all predictable like i i don't do wb like uh power rankings or bookings anymore because there's no point but like if you were calling this um you pretty much were able to predict what was going on i was happy with most of it um some of it i wasn't i look i'm gonna say this now i don't like the new day uh <laughs> i like them as heels i thought they were amazing as heels but in their current incarnation, I'm like, I really just cannot stand it. And that's why I'm watching the Netflix, because we're, we're going to do the Netflix thing next week. And I'm watching it, and I just, oh, I hate the New Day. <laughs> I just can't stand them. I like, think, I think you're going to have to get used to it. Vince is I making know. too much money off Lucio's cereal. Yeah. And, oh, no. and look, I have. And it's no, it's no shade to the lads, you know. Um, I just would, I just, they're so much better as, he, as heels, you know, but... It is what it is, you know. They're making bank, and obviously they're they're very successful at it. But um, Xavier Woods actually was had a class match with uh, Finn Balor. I was like, this is actually really good. So I was I was I was happy enough with that. I want the Finn to win, obviously, because he's you know the hometown oh, yeah. the hometown Home lad. Team. But exactly, yeah. But like when Xavier won, I'm like, ah, well, look, you know, fair fair play, Xavier. I don't buy Big E as champion, but he had a great match with Drew. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, and yeah, but, man, like overall it was, you know, a, a solid B plus show. Oh, overall, okay, so there's a couple of things we need to get out of the way. I think, yeah. yes, we've done the whole issue around the, around the, you know, it being in Saudi Arabia and all that. I think that's yeah. important to get out of the way first. Because it'll just drag through if we keep bringing it up every time. Yeah. yeah. There's another thing I need to get out of the way first. Go on. And it's because I respect what you and Dave have built with the with the podcast and it being, you know, the only podcast by wrestling fans who still like wrestling. Yeah. So I went into this absolutely determined 
you know, with with a positive mindset. Um, so rather than bring it up every time, I think there's some things I need to get out of the way. Okay, let's uh, do it. Th- that th- are just going to apply to the show yeah. as a whole. Yeah, right. go, so for firstly, go for it. Go for it, Mark. Sorry, not Dave. I, I can't stand. <laughs> You're not Dave. <laughs> I can't. St- I can't stand the WWE presentation. It's too slick. It's too shiny. It's too polished. It's too plastic. Okay. Doesn't fair. look like a wrestling show. It looks yeah. like a cartoon or a or a you know computer game or something. Well, that's um, what a computer game. That's why their games look well up until well, last year look pretty good. That's how they make their games look realistic. They just make reality look like the game. <laughs> exactly, and that's what they do. Um, the camera work normally WWE camera work gives me seasickness. It actually mm. wasn't too bad. No, it's fine. Yeah, it was genuinely all right tonight. Um, I can't have this, and I, I four matches in I had made the same note every time so I thought I'm just going to bring it up at the start and apply it to all the matches through the night it is bad enough that WWE scripts their goddamn promos yeah would they stop scripting the matches I can't have this monologuing that goes on through you know where they're shouting different things at them or saying stuff really loud so the camera hears it and that's like a plot point and I, every match I, I can't be having that I understand why they do it like it makes sense why they do it it's so the commentators can go and they're saying this and obviously this means a lot to to whoever's in the ring but and it's, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's very, very la- it's, yeah. the, it's very lazy it's like the first thing to teach you about filmmaking is show don't tell and this is all tell Yeah, you know it's all and well, it's because they only have what like 8 to 10 minutes to go out there, or in some cases, uh, five minutes to go out and oh. go right, go and tell a story. And it's come on, like, me, me, and you watched Rick Steiner and Van Hammer tell a story in 180 seconds. Why did you bring up Van Hammer? <laughs> I'm, I'm so sad he's not on this. <laughs> and the other thing is, and this is the, the last of my my issues, is um, you just brought it up there the commentary, yeah, it is it's still, so and I haven't so watched a WWE <laughs> show since SummerSlam. And it's still dreadful. I just cannot. I I can't ignore it. I can't block it out. It's so bad. Do you know what makes it worse? We get spoiled by by listening to Tony Giovanni and <laughs> Bobby the Brain Heenan and Mike Tenay just tell just have the crack and tell wonderful stories. And then you flip over and it's like, oh, and, you know, we went, no, we went out for drinks there and we didn't invite Byron. <laughs> You're like, what are you? What are you well, doing? What got me was what, <laughs> what got me was the very first match. Like the two guys hadn't even come into the ring yet. It was the Hell in a Cell match. The cell comes down, and Michael Cole. The cell comes down. You know, there's all the ominous music and the bell. And Michael yeah. Cole says, "You know, once you're locked in there, it's designed to not let you out." And I'm like, just <laughs> put the microphone down. Somebody get rid of this prick. To be fair, it's not his fault. It's Vince McMahon screaming it in his ear. I I think I think he forgot something because he said, "Once you're locked in there," and then there was like this huge pause, and he yeah. was like trying to think of something cool to say next. So it, it it's designed to not let you out. Also, like like every lock, like every, ever. Like every cage or cell like, or you know, like but every like, door, like again when like it it sucks when I hear my oh sorry hold on I I. I don't I the Irish the Irish uh, backstage reviewer I need to get to him in, in a bit I have I have comments um <laughs> but with, with Michael Cole I feel sorry for him because I'm like 
I always thought he was terrible. And then I heard him actually just, you know, call the show with uh, Danny O'Brien a couple of years ago. And it was brilliant. And I was like, yeah, there you go. I think it was, it was the Cruiserweight Classic, he called. And yeah. that was unreal. I'm like, where is this guy? Like, for the past 20 years? Well, maybe, like, where were you, you know? Maybe he's good. It's like that bit in The Simpsons where... Uh, they go to your man who who runs the factory that sells crackers, and he goes, "Crackers are a family food. Maybe single people eat crackers. We don't, we don't know. know. <laughs> we don't want to know. Maybe Michael Cole is a good commentator. I don't know. And at this stage, I don't want to know. I just uh, never yeah. want to hear him ever again. No, that's fair. That's fair. He just he's um he's just too damaged at this point to have any kind of redeeming quality. Like it's just you know I'm sure. Look, he made a great career out of it and all that kind of stuff. Now the best and where. <laughs> was talking about uh, it was the Goldberg match and he's like you can't imagine what it's like when someone goes and uh, attacks you puts finger on your child as a father I'm like <laughs> Michael Cole I'm sorry you, you, you can't pull off that line you're just no just 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 no like no one buys this like no one buys this oh but, god uh, terrible Absolutely terrible. But, Any, sorry, go I on. just needed to get all that out at the oh, start that's so like fair. like the Saudi thing, so that I'm not bringing it up in every single match. Yeah, no, that's so fair. We that's have all that at the start, and now going forward, I'm going to be as positive as I can. And look, I think that's fair too. I think it's always good to call out this stuff, um, so it isn't negative, you know. But yeah, look, all the WWE problems existed, with the exception of booking. If your if if your man the prince was booking this and he probably was, give him the book. He did a great job because <laughs> it all made sense. And I'm like, listen, if he's going to be booking the show, if, you, if the show's going to be like this, give him the book because who whoever normally books these shows obviously wasn't doing it today because it was it was brill. Um, I do have to. My dog agrees. Um, so what was I saying? I have to uh, call out the Irish fella. Um, oh man. Kevin Patrick, isn't it? I don't know what his name is. He just shows up and it was. Oh, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't hate it, but I'm like, he just looks like he's kind of lost the whole time, <laughs> and he's just like, oh hey, and then your man just shows up. Who was he interviewing? Was it Rollins? I think it was Rollins. Rollins. Uh, and he was like, oh, you know, let me explain something before you lose your job, which I hope it's soon. And I'm just like. Oh, all this is bad, you know. And it's like it's like an you know when you see like the big Irish head on someone, yeah. <laughs> and you just see it on your man, and then he starts talking. And you're like, oh Jesus, you know what are you doing? Like it's 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 like secondhand embarrassment for him. And it's just like, man, you don't no, just no, you know. <laughs> so the whole time he shows up, I'm like, I'm sure he's a nice guy and he's living oh, the dream, yeah. and and you know, it, it. I'm happy for him as that, but I'm also like, you see the big Irish head on him, and you're like, ah oh, man, now come on, you know, it's like. I th- I think that's partly just our old begrudgery, you know. Maybe we're, look- we're looking maybe. at him going. He maybe has, he has no. notions. See, that's it. <laughs> this is the thing. U.S. folks and U.K. folks, you might understand this. Irish people have this thing where when you see an Irish person succeed, it's like he has notions, and instinctively you want to tear that down because you're, you know, it's Irish. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's it's that begrudgery, but I, I honestly don't mean it to be begrudgery, but it is kind of to look at him with notions. So maybe that could be it. But like, like maybe people who are from Texas hear someone from Texas on television and they go, oh God, you know, maybe the accent to them sounds off but, or... But it's weird. I don't, I, get, don't I, I don't get it with Seamus and I don't get it with um, 
with Becky. Like, even though they don't sound like they're from Ireland anymore, really, because they speak with that weird, weird accent that they have. With McGregor, yeah, absolutely. They're deliberately told to, like, speak slowly and yeah. clearly so yeah. that everyone understands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it, it's not as bad as McGregor, who actively, like, hate. Uh, but, <laughs> but no, it's just, I don't know. It's just your man. I'm like... We'll see what happens. The, thing, the sad thing about that is, like, he's a backstage interviewer, and he always get like abused by the talent. So I don't know how he's ever going to get over. But I don't know. It is what it is. But maybe it is those notions. But still, fair play to Irishman. At least he's uh, a. Yes. Yeah, they're doing it. You know, we got a wee cabal going on there. I'd say Fit Finley started that. You know, you got you got Finley and you got Kevin Patrick, Seamus, Becky, Finn. Finn, the had yeah. Killian Dane at one stage, and I think he's gone now. Yeah. Um, it's weird, though. You never really hear Finn Balor talk, like, usually. You know, no, when, he do, when he does, it's like, you know. Does his big smile. His big No, you know who's the worst talker ever? And uh, another thing, I have, to go back, I have to go back to this match again, right? Go, uh, Bobby Lashley, this whole time. When, you know, when he's, the video package was gas, because I just can't take him seriously. And he's just like, hey. Yeah, I'm gonna beat you up really bad. <laughs> and you're like, no, I know you could beat me up, Bobby. Like you actually like legit tough guy, but you sound like Michael Jackson, and I just don't buy it. I'm like, I just don't. And he's like, what's it? I'm the what does he call himself? What's the stupid name he has? The, the Almighty, isn't oh it? yeah, I'm the Almighty. I want to beat you up so bad, and you're like, I'm sure you are, but no, <laughs> you I'm need. Sure. I'm yeah. sure you are, but until that first punch lands, I'm yeah. gonna keep laughing. I'm gonna keep laughing the whole time, and then I won't be. But this, you know, they had him with uh, MVP for a reason, right? Where's MVP? Why did that end? Yeah, that Why was MVP is a great talker. Just he needs someone to talk for him because oh my god, he cannot do it. And again, I, every time I see Bobby Lashley, I'm just thinking, well, he just wants to play golf because that's. That's all he talks about. That's all he thinks about. That's all he talks about whenever you actually talk to him. He loves golf. You know this story, right? God, I don't see... That's so bizarre. I don't see Bobby Lashley out on a golf course. Oh, my God. Wee, okay. A wee white pair of trousers. And... So, 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 ladies and gentlemen, long-term listeners of this show probably know, but uh, Martin doesn't, so I'm going to share the story. So, when I was uh, doing stuff for TNA, uh, I was interviewing loads of talent. Um and uh, Bobby Lashley was one of them. He was the TNA champion at the time. He was defending the belt that night. And during my interview, I was like, so Bobby, who are you facing tonight? And what do you think about the match? And he goes, I don't really know. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm more thinking about uh, going to play some golf later. I, re I really like playing golf. And I'm like, cool. But can you talk about what it's like being TNA champion? He's like, no, I, I just like playing golf. You know, it gives me opportunity to play my golf game. And I swear to God, like this was the interview. And ever since then, I'm like, Mr. Golf. And oh, it's, it was so disappointing. I wonder if he likes Ireland. We have some of the, oh, that's some it. Of the top golf courses in the world. I'm telling you, you could, play, you could just have golf all he wants. Maybe Saudi Arabia has great golf courses. They probably do. That's why he's there. Maybe, yeah. I'm telling you, but man, he loves, he loves himself some golf. I swear to God, that is not a joke. And that's how he delivered it. I will try to find the audio somewhere. If anyone has the audio of the, the International Death Shows, please give them to me because I actually lost them all when my hard drive corrupted. So, joys. Anyway, so that's that's the interview uh, or the, the the negative, let's say. Uh, and to be fair, it was more just WWE production side of things. It wasn't anything super bad. 
No, no. This Matt, this entire show, nothing was dreadful. To be honest, I suggested this because, like every other Saudi show, I was expecting it to be some sort of disaster. Yeah. Um and this it, wasn't. Nothing, no, it absolutely wasn't. It wasn't. Uh-huh. Um, apart from one or two matches, one or two matches were really great. Apart from that, it was it was pretty much a three stars, solid the whole way through. Yeah, like okay, B plus is a bit is a bit excessive. I will give you that. Like. Yeah. A solid C plus B is like C, I said, yeah, I'd give it a C C plus. Like here's the thing, it's the first Hell in a Cell match that actually felt like it was a Hell in a Cell match and needed to be one. Yeah. In years. It, it was so it, good it, it to was see brilliant. the cell to yeah. see the cell not on that goddamn Hell in a Cell pay per view. I well, I still don't like the fact that it's red, but yeah. Yeah. You know, we're staying positive. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, I, the old, uh, even the one they brought in 2006, you know, for the big show DX match, that's when it started. That's when the wheels fell off that match completely. Um, yeah. But look, now, Seth was coming into this with a lot of pressure on him because yeah. the last time he got in a cell, he oh. killed the gimmick. He <laughs> killed the gimmick. Killed he had a career. He, that was the last straw for me with WWE. I just. After that pay per view, I just quit altogether with WWE, and so a lot of lot of pressure on Rollins coming into this one. Right. Well, let's start there. Uh, the pre-show obviously uh, had the Usos defeated to her business. I th- honestly, I think that was because the Usos were there anyway, and like, right, let's go out and get two paychecks. So that's why they won. Um, but uh, look, the Edge and Seth Rollins has been a great feud. It's been really good um, from what I've seen. Again, I can't really watch the show anymore. It's it's too bad. But from watching certain things he did, like, you know, Edge coming out with the brood music, Ed, Edge doing the bloodbath stuff, uh, the home invasion thing, which is... I don't like when you do the home invasion thing. I think it's really unnecessary. Um, and if someone invades your home, you're not going to have a wrestling match with them. Even if it's a hell in cell match, you're going to, like call the guards or like you know go have a chat with them if you know what i mean sure, uh, tire iron and bed, exactly yeah. yeah yeah exactly you're not gonna go yes we're gonna have this wrestling match <laughs> it's like but to be fair marcus of go- queensbury rules <laughs> if you are gonna have a wrestling match a realistic hell in a cell match is the match to do and that's actually kind of what happened here so the story they were telling edge was this was Edge's big redemption thing. He was going out there to prove that he could still do it. That Seth Rollins isn't just, you know, the new Edge or anything like that. And there were some really good spots. I really like the the weapon play here where he would break off part of the chair and then, like, smash him in the face with it or try to choke him with it. I'm like, man, yeah. that's, that's pretty good. You know, as far as, like, I've never really seen that before. Well, I have, no, I, like, I have seen it before. Nick Gage is... <laughs> I'm watching some death match stuff, and I, you know, it's, it, it, I'm pretty sure that's like criminal in certain parts of the world. But um, yeah, I mean, in WWE, it's very rare that you see this kind of stuff, you know. And it's, it's, it, it, it reminded me why a Hell in a Cell match is so, why it's so lame when you do it as like a pay per view thing, and it's not like something because you know you probably remember this as well, Martin. When Hell in a Cell match was announced, everyone was like, "Oh, whoa, this is a serious thing." Like. You just pull it out, and then like uh, Mick Foley and uh, Triple H, you know, when, yeah. when Mick Foley said "Hell in a Cell," Triple H was like, "Oh whoa, this is terrifying." It was a serious thing, and maybe you hadn't seen a cell match in two years, you know, two like, years yeah. exactly, yeah. And this is what this actually felt like. Now it's wild that they had to go halfway around the world to 
book competently. And that's why, again, I think your man was booking this because he's like, here, this makes more sense. And, you know, using using logic and uh, letting the story dictate gimmicks always worked. And this is exactly case in point here. This was great. Edge looked brilliant. Seth Rollins looked fantastic. Um, the match itself was really good, really solid. Highlight of the night, kind of weird to open with that, but... Again, the crowd were super into it and super appreciative and saw some really cool stuff. This was a WrestleMania quality match, dude. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought the sell was a bit superfluous and that this could have been a really good, just kind of hardcore match. The sell didn't really come into play a lot. It was more there for the aura or the atmosphere. But it was a it was a great match. Like I loved some of the spots. I liked the uh the chain. Mm. Uh, around the foot, you know, for the for the super kick. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe I'm being biased, and and you can tell me. Uh, maybe this has been going on in WWE a while, but throughout this whole pay per view, I got the impression that a lot of these guys have been watching AEW. Well, probably uh, picking probably. up wee things here and there that they were doing, but it was improving the product. Um, and yeah, like a, like I genuinely enjoyed this. It was a good start. And, you know, here we are, crown jewel, and no disaster so far. Yeah, and that's it, you know, and it was a really, it's a really interesting way to start the show. Um, you know, again, like, the WWE slickness is there, um, but, you know, if, if lessons can be learned here from WWE, and obviously they won't be, um, but book stipulation based on storyline don't try to force a storyline into a stipulation because it just doesn't work you know exactly this yeah. doesn't work I, I think as well part of the reason that they didn't maybe you know go outside or on top of the cellar and like that is because if you start a show like that yeah like where, do you, where do you go from there well exactly yeah and, and 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 they did go around with other matches like the goldberg bobby Lashley match was actually pretty good quite good for that but look it is what it is again like I would have had this closer to the end, but they really kind of set the place on fire here with this early. So it was a it was good uh, placement. The next match, Mansoor and Mustafa Ali. Um, this was garbage here, and then had some <laughs> some rando come out and do a really poor kick. Um, I mean, this was this is the the Saudi Arabia match. You have to have yeah. Mansoor come out. Mansoor has to win. It's the hometown. <laughs> thing you know yeah but Mufasa um, Ali is Saudi Arabian too is he not I don't uh well I, I don't know what his heritage is but I know he's not like directly from there like Mansoor I think is is literally from Riyadh oh wait oh no yeah he oh wait he is uh, he's from uh from Chicago oh that makes sense yeah. and then you had your man come out with ah oh, that makes sense yeah 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 no so, I, I I thought they were I thought they were setting up kind of like this is the Saudi Arabia match with the two lads. You know, for the crowd. The Saudi <laughs> showdown kind of thing. Um, and, uh, no. I, I, and commentary did lead me to believe that Mustafa Ali, his family was there too with Mansour's, which is like, okay, well, I guess they lied. <laughs> I mean, yeah, or maybe part of it was that, I mean, didn't they used to be a tag team? And They did used to be a tag team, yeah. You know, it's like I said, I'm, this is the first WWE I've watched since SummerSlam, so I haven't been following the weekly show. I, I don't know, you know, the every step of every storyline. But I mean, this match was fine. Um, 
Uh, I thought there was some really good spots in it, particularly from Mansoor. I really liked his finisher, that over-the-top neckbreaker thing. Uh, he could do with toning down the the pantomime stuff a wee bit. He was very, you know, these huge gestures. Like at one stage, he knocked uh, Ali down and he was going to claim the turnbuckle and he, he looked down at Ali and then he would like, big eyes and swoop up and look up at the turnbuckle and back down and back up and back down and back up. I, you know, I could see that he was very much getting the uh, staring at your hands in disbelief NXT school of of wrestling. But um, I mean, overall, it was it was fairly inoffensive. Yeah, no, it was all right. Like, but the, I don't know. Uh, the ending of it was kind of weird because like your man shows up. Apparently, he got uh. He got disqualified for doing an illegal kick. Oh, so, from the the, from Olympics. the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that uh, makes see, sense. I... That makes sense why you were building it up on commentary. But it's like, all right, it, it was an okay head kick. So I, I couldn't even concentrate on that because uh, Michael Cole came out with a classic Michael Cole and said, uh, "Oh my God, that's whatever his name is, the Saudi Arabia karate player." I was like, yeah. He didn't say karate player, did he? He's the karate player. That's what he is. Oh my god! I uh, see. I was more focused on he, he's wearing a red belt, and I'm like, dude, I'm I'm nearly a red belt. Like, what? <laughs> this isn't that impressive. <laughs> I was like, surely wear your black belt. And it, it, I don't know. I was yeah, like, hold even on. if you're not a black belt, gimmick it. Yeah, gimmick it. Do a well. I know Eric Bischoff actually is a karate black belt. It's like he walked out in a black belt. He should like do that, man. <laughs> The whole time I was focused, I'm like, yeah, there's a bunch of kids who are like red belts in my in my dojo. Like, that's not that impressive. Like, <laughs> the whole time I was just thinking that. So, oh no, I missed that line. That's gas. But uh, bunch, yeah, no, bunch of kids in your dojo all playing karate. All playing karate. <laughs> karate players. Michael Cole, it. huh? Oh man, I can't. I miss. I'm gonna go back and watch that man because. Oh, that's the best line ever. I can see Michael Cole there on mute, holding the mute button in his microphone, going, <laughs> what going but Vince, it's a karate fighter. It's a fighter. Vince is going, save player, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, I do feel sorry for him. Well, he he earns his money, dude. He he really does. He earns every penny he has. Oh, yeah, he earns Getting it. Shit with a, getting shit with him. Sleeps at night. Yeah, on a pile of money next to many beautiful women. <laughs> To quote Wayne earplugs. Oh, yeah, yes, Jesus. Karate <laughs> player, yes. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, man. Well, I'm going back to watch that match because I totally missed that. So, yeah, your man came out, kicked him in the head, and uh, well, who did he kick? He kicked Ali in the head, and then uh, Mansoor and your man had a good old time. Yeah. So there you go. Everyone went home happy. The, the crowd was loving it. The crowd know. loved it, and that was for them. So, you know. It is what it is. The match was garbage here, but that wasn't the point. It was to it was to get the cheap pop, you know. And yeah. look, it is what it is. Everyone's allowed to have a good time. They'll they'll do a big show in Ireland someday, and you know Roman Reigns will beat the baby face, and then Roy Keane will jump over the barrier and deck Roman Reigns, and we'll all go mad, you know. So, oh man, actually, well, I was oh they actually did that in WWE. They had what was it, Vinnie Jones. This is in the 90s. This is a very attitude error thing to do, actually. They had Vinnie Jones come out and attack Triple H or something like that. I can't remember what it was exactly. In one of the yeah, shows. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, this is a very attitude error kind of thing. It just shows you, right? They, actually, I, 
the why the show was so good is because it was very like anti WWE in lots of ways. It was very against what they do nor like nowadays, but they wouldn't actually listen to the crowd. They were actively trying to. <laughs> they were actively. Can't believe I'm going to say this. They were actively trying to please the crowd. <laughs> and they did. Well, yeah, I mean, they the, weren't just. They were worried if they didn't, they wouldn't get home. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Maybe do all the shows in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> or, or if you can't do them all in Saudi Arabia, you do them all under like some sort of intense pressure, some kind of squid game type thing where if the <laughs> if the decibel of the crowd drops below a certain point, the ring explodes. Yeah, listen, you know, I'm telling you, man, whoever was booking the show, it wasn't Vince. <laughs> it wasn't the team. It, it was probably your man going, listen, no, you're not doing a screwy finish. You're actually going to like book this properly. And he goes, okay. Um, if I can't have Yokozuna, I'm going to have clean, <laughs> clean finishes. I have clean finish. If the Undertaker doesn't show up, we're going to have a good time anyway. Bring out Cratty Man, the kick, or, or, Cratty player to fight him. <laughs> <laughs> or not, not to play. Wait, hold on. If you can't use the word fighter to play with him, <laughs> that's the worst. Oh God! Oh, the brain of Vince McMahon. Imagine working under that. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> so the next match was um, RK Bro, who defeated AJ Styles and almost. Dude, I haven't seen AJ Styles and almost in months, and it's not because they don't watch the show. I don't think they've been on the show in months. And again, like, I don't know, man. Like, where was almost for? <laughs> <laughs> what was AJ doing? You know, uh, I don't this... know. I mean, I think the thing about almost is that, and again, I don't watch the product, so I can only speak from what I've seen from you know bits of pay per views and stuff. I think almost is very impressive to look at, but horrendously green and has to be used really sparingly. Well, I look. I think that the team with AJ is great because he's basically like a big tall thing that he can jump off of. Yeah, that's his role. I think that's a pretty good role for him to be in, where he's like, all right, you know, you're green as grass and can't do anything, but I can jump off you. And that's fine. Yeah. So, and, and AJ is one of those wrestlers who, you know, he can get a good match with anyone, and you'd learn so much from him. You'd, you'd probably also learn a load about the flat earth, but if you could ignore that, <laughs> you'd, you'd learn a lot about wrestling. I don't know. The flat earth one is weird. The hollow earth one is more interesting because of like the bases and stuff. And I'm like, okay, that you know, that's a bit more interesting than the flat earth because I'm like, you, you can see it. You f- you fly around enough, AJ. Like, what do you think's happening? Like, <laughs> I just, I just don't I don't get the point of the flat earth conspiracy. So it's like someone sitting there. Like, you'd be surprised how many wrestlers are genuinely into this flat earth thing. And it gets to a stage where you stop arguing with them where you stop talking about, you know, the the horizon and the curvature and all that, and you just go, okay, fine, 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 right? Look, it's a flat earth, right? It's a flat earth, and the government is lying. The government is telling us it's a round earth, right? Right. Why? What is the goddamn benefit of this conspiracy theory? There's no benefit to it. You see, that's the thing. That's why the hollow earth one is a bit more, you know, I know uh, From the Dark is a conspiracy show that, that me and Dave do, but... Like, the Hollow Earth one makes a bit more sense because it's like, okay, they can put stuff in there and that's where you have dinosaurs or whatever, right? That's fun to think about and actually has some sort of benefit. The Flat Earth one, I'm like, again, like you, why? <laughs> just makes no sense. So, you know, maybe if we ever get to talk to AJ, we can be like, hey, man. So, like, 
tell us why. <laughs> and that would be cool. I, I would I would like that. AJ, if you ever want to come on the show, like we'll talk about the flat earth for like three hours. Uh, I think that'd yeah. be fun. And you, you can also explain to us why you have such questionable views about gay people, but also come out with a big jizzy AJ t-shirt. <laughs> well, that was that in TNA? I don't know where it was, but I've seen it and there's no mistaking what that bloody t-shirt was. Oh man, I think that wasn't TNA. Like t- his TNA merch was um, horrendous. <laughs> it was it's horrendous. One of the worst I've ever seen. Oh, it's horrendous. It was like a mixture of, and I remember that time period very specifically. Um, it was when, like you know, the Affliction shirts were everywhere. So his like his merch was like a mixture between Affliction t-shirts and then, as he said, like just <laughs> I don't know, human effluence. <laughs> now the worst thing with AJ. Uh, in TNA, well, there's actually near the end. That's the whole thing. We'll get there eventually. But it was uh, when he changed his music from like his awesome original music to like this weird rap. They did the Kurt Angle as well. It's yeah. like why the that was cool. But anyway, and then there's Claire Lynch, which is a whole other thing. <laughs> it's a whole other thing. That was uh, I think I want to like when we do finally get to the bad. Of WCW and TNA, we're gonna have to bring back the Katie. Oh Vicks. yeah, we're gonna have to bring back the Katie Vick scale, which long-time listeners will remember that we haven't used that in a while. The reason why we haven't used it is because we're watching good stuff, but when the bad stuff happens, the Katie Vick scale is coming back. I don't even know what this is, but I so, I already kind of half understand it. So you know, obviously the Katie Vick angle, right? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Fully so aware. so the Katie Vick angle would be a solid like two on the Katie Vick scale, right? Uh. The Claire Lynch is about a five, and you know it, it kind of goes up there. So we'll, 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 you know, don't worry, you'll learn <laughs> when we go to when we go to the museum. You gonna learn today, exactly. Everyone's gonna learn the KD Vick scale, but because I've I've gotten some questions about it, and it's like, nah, man, we just we haven't needed it for a while. But anyway, so I I enjoyed this this match for what it was. Orton is great. Uh, he's great when he has someone to work with. Who not he is, man. Come on. I he can't. is when he has someone to work with. I can't. He, why? Tedious. I just can't. There was there was a brief period of this match. It was about a two minute period where it was AJ and Riddle in there, and I was like, there's a match I want to see. AJ Styles versus Riddle. Yeah. This waffle around them. Let these two guys really go at it. Hell of a match. Um Orton, I can't have. Almost, I don't understand that man. Or he's just like, the most boring. He's the most boring, nothing wrestler. I I don't know what it is. I just it's I his. Just, uh, he's way too into his gimmick, and he wrestles his gimmick. But the thing about it is, with a, with 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 Orton, it's like it. It's very it's very uh, boring and monotonous at the best of times, but in a kind of cool way. But he always works up. So he's, he's way too into his gimmick. Yeah, but his is. gimmick is dull as dishwater. That's that's the. Ah, he's way too into something that that bores me to tears. I have to say, when you see Orton live, he's a very weird looking man. I mean, like, <laughs> oh he, yeah, like he's like he's very long and takes up like most of the ring. But when you see the RKO in person, you're like, that's actually like deadly. And this uh, this facial hair he has going on as well makes him look like a magician. I, I don't does know. make him look like a magician? Yeah, yeah. it's a bit weird. I'm like. Okay, keep man, a, I I respect it, but I keep expecting him to pull a rabbit out of Riddle. <laughs> well, or well, 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 Riddle came out in a camel, on a camel. Yeah, yeah. which was, I got no, I got to give them top points for that. Man, that was great. Well, 
you know, when the show started off and I'm like, is that camel? It's like rakes of camels. I'm like, all right. And then when he came out and I'm like, ah, well, you know what? That was pretty good. I enjoyed that. All right. Uh, so there's just a couple other notable things of this match. Um, you can tell how green almost is because once he stopped doing the big, you know, I'm huge and you jump into me and you fall down and I throw you thing. Yeah. He did one actual wrestling move <laughs> and it was the claw, yeah, <laughs> you know, where yeah. they just grabbed the shoulder. And, oh man. It was like, uh, he, he wrestled exactly like the giant Gonzalez. Yeah. As a guy, as a guaranteed sign of someone who cannot yeah. wrestle. No, um, cannot, cannot move. He cannot yeah. move. So the other thing that I thought was notable about this match was that they were talking about Orton's um, endless, relentless, tedious title reigns and how (laughs) I'm only doing it to wind you up now and um, how he is like uh, has the record for like the fourth most title reigns or something like that. Yeah, it's somewhat that's up there. And they were talking about the people who have more title reigns than only eclipsed by Triple H. And Ric Flair. I was really surprised to hear them actually name drop Flair. Oh, well, you have to. It's Ric Flair, you know. It's well, like, no, you could just say he is the fourth most title reigns, you know. Yeah, yeah well, like, you know, Ric Flair hasn't Chris Benoit on himself yet. No, 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 but know? it's just like last month they were like editing him out of intro videos and uh, taking, yeah, but, taking yeah. his woo out of Charlotte's music. and. Yeah, but there, there's a big difference between showing him and mentioning him. It's like the way... You know, when you were younger, you'd hear Harley Race or whatever, and you're like, okay, that's who's Harley Race, and then you find out. So it's just one of those names, you know. I think it was just, you know, it is what it is. However, what they could do is they could just, like, give them more title reigns, and then eventually you get rid of the Ric Flair completely, which is what <laughs> they should do. They should give Triple H, like, six more title reigns, and then <laughs> there you go. Do you know what? I, I don't watch this show anymore, so yeah, do it. Do it. Bring Hogan back. Give him no, no, ten more title reigns. No, God no, God no. Um, but yeah, so your Raw Tag Team Champions. I can't believe you have two sets of Tag Team Champions as well. So silly. Um, and like two sets of Tag Team Champions, and like four tag teams. Not an actual tag team between them. Like, yeah, yeah, it's. Oh the, man, so oh, dumb. the SmackDown tags were on the pre-show, were they? They weren't defended at all. Oh, the, so they weren't even defended. Oh, okay. No, like it's completely, completely pointless. Like, and obviously, it would be silly to ask if the women's tag titles made a made a. a Do you have a? <laughs> no. are, are there women tag belts? I, I don't. I know. remember. I remember Sasha unveiling them a couple of oh, years ago. Yes, yes, I yes, yes. To... I recall this. Yes, yes, yes. Oh man, yeah. what a horrible waste. As somebody who loves belts, so unnecessary. <laughs> like having, oh my God, they exist. The, the thing oh, is, no. they could have an absolutely fire men's and women's tag team division if they just what? have one set of tag well, belts okay, okay. and let them go to Raw, SmackDown, NXT. Okay, correction, correction. So according to Wikipedia, the women's tag team championship and the 24 champion 24 7 championship can actually be defended on smack can also be defended on raw and smackdown so okay that's not but so bad i think they should Where take the the men's tag titles and do the merge same thing. them yeah. yeah and have a, a tag team that's able to go and not just because doesn't wwe have like loads of contracts with like a pro pro evo or 
what is it called? Yeah, pro Evo wrestling and you know, let them go evolve, all over the place. It? Evolve, that's what it is. Yeah. That's what they should pro do. Pro Evo is a soccer game from it twenty is, yeah. years ago. <laughs> Um, that's what they should do. Um, like you know, there's there's no reason for, uh, particularly since it's such a small pool. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just it is what it is. I get why they're there, but it should just be one. You know, it's it's silly. But anyway, look, um, the show wasn't bad. It, it kind of just hit that kind of peak, and then would like maintain the peak into the next match. It was it was interesting because uh, I'm not a big fan of Selena Vega or Drew Dewdrop. Um, obviously, Dewdrop was there to take the pin. Um, but it yeah. was okay. It was, I was surprised. Like, I thought they were going for like like a baby face because she strikes me as her character's kind of bubbly and, you know, would make a load out of like the this baby face queen stuff. But I don't know, maybe they didn't want a face king and a face queen. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, like it, I, I think the story of this was what happened afterwards rather than the actual match itself. The match itself, like I looked away for like a minute and the match was over. So I don't know oh, how the match ended. It was nothing. Partly the whole, uh, the whole queen, queen of the ring or queen's crown, whatever they call it, that whole women's tournament, uh, the entire tournament, the matches come up to something like 12 minutes. <laughs> like they were all like one, two, three minute, like, uh, like, um, you know, real quick, short matches. Oh man, says it all really. Says it all. Um, but yeah, congratulations to Selena Vega, who is the first ever Queen's Crown champion, which is cool. Yeah. I I liked I liked the kind of set. I thought the set was cool. Uh, the cape and all that stuff that was fun. Like it was nice that they they actually had like a different one, you know. But but here's what I couldn't understand. Mm. So they're getting fifty million or five million or whatever it is they get from these shows. They've got you know, enough fireworks going off to invade a country. And then they win the Queen of the Ring and it's a dud plastic chair and a daft fake looking scepter, a bloody hood or a cloak that not only can, that nobody can put on, but they didn't even have someone, they didn't even have someone there, like, like just have two people there dressed as servants to like put the robe around them or something. It was just, it was the most unroyal coronation I'd ever seen. You know, so they'd won this prestigious tournament and then they walk up to this big plastic chair and they sit in it and they put their own crown on. And I don't know, it just, I, I thought there was a huge missed opportunity there for some real pomp ceremony, you know, make it look like something. Well, maybe more. my theory on that is that they just had to cut down on travel expenses. So they have to like ship it in. Yeah, I mean, where would you get like any kind of royal stuff in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia? Well, that's it too. Maybe they're like, you can't have our stuff, you have to bring your own. That's, maybe, that's the only thing I could think of. Nothing else. Maybe maybe they didn't want uh, a replay of the first King of the Ring. Oh, well, not the first one, but the 1993 one, the first one on pay-per-view, where they had like a big proper throne there for Brett when mm. he won. Mm. And bloody uh jerry lawler almost ended brett's career when he threw it on him and it nearly like bust a bust a segment of his spine yeah you see that's it too like you, you can't have anything like that there because that's be gimmicked so i understand i like the cloak thing was true that, that that thing just did not stay on they should have had like a way to actually like keep that on but look it is what it is 
Um, the next match, I, I just I just thought it, it should have been. I agree with you. There should have I, been more circumstance to it, and and I think by not doing that, they've already killed it. Well, this actually, you know, this is a, a kind of thing where they could have just pre-taped it, you know, like on a soundstage to go yeah. back and then they're up on the screen. But again, look, it is what it is. Hopefully, they learn from this. It is the first time around. But the like the the King of the Ring was the same. It wasn't even any better. It just looked a little bit different. But look, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, Goldberg defeated Mister Golf, <laughs> uh, in a no holds barred false can anywhere match. Uh, look, listen. This match was pretty good. It was honestly. It's I think it's the best Goldberg match that he's had since being back and the whole time he picked up Bobby Lashley I'm like oh here he goes he's gonna drop him no wait 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 no he's actually he got him and Bobby got Lashley's him. no small no Bobby Lashley's a big dude and um you know I, fair think, I think you gotta give not just Goldberg I think you gotta give everyone a wee bit of leeway because I've I've given every match tonight or every match on this show a wee bit of leeway because yeah. from what I've heard it was even at night time, it was 30, 32 degrees out there. Yeah, it's not It was cold. insane heat. And yeah. I, I was watching it and everyone was a wee bit sluggish. Yeah. Missing kind of half a step the whole time. But, uh, but I mean, you can't really you can't really use that against people when it, you're fighting in a furnace, you know. So but I also, thought particularly also, it, was, sorry. it was good for no no sorry it was, just, it was I thought it was particularly good for Goldberg to be able to go out in those circumstances and, and actually put on a half decent match absolutely and I, that's a very very good point as well that I suppose we can't actually you know it, it was wrong to overlook and we should have actually probably said it sooner um it's true like it's it's not an easy place to work because of how warm it is and also the flight over is not a short flight uh, the flight back is not a short flight, and then they're also working in between it as well. Like I've, I haven't been to Saudi Arabia, but I have been to China, and um, that flight, man, that's a long ass flight. You know, it's it's super long. So I can only imagine what it's like going to Saudi Arabia. So it is what it is, you know. And they they put on a great job. They put on a really really good match. Once you didn't listen to how cringy the commentary was, uh, yeah. um, but I really liked the ending. I thought the ending was really creative. Uh, it was yeah. cool. It was cool to see the the run out of um, what was it? Pain, Pain Society. What's oh, Hurtlock, Hurtlock, Hurtlock. Yeah, business. Hurt Business. That was a that was cool to kind of have them involved. And then Lashley just like sm- sorry Goldberg smashing Lashley through the tables. I was like, that's a great spot. And a re- well, and he actually looked like a monster doing it too. So, well, the good thing about it was it felt it felt definitive. It yes. felt like this is the end of it. Right, we're it not going to get. Hopefully now. Now that's not to say that Goldberg won't show up on Monday, but <laughs> it it felt like the end of it. Now there yeah. was a couple of, like I say, fair play to the lads, two big guys and pretty tough circumstances, and they pulled out a half decent match. There was some hilarious botches through this that were yeah. not their fault. No, it was all production stuff. Yeah. So at one stage. Bobby Lashley goes down to get a table from underneath the ring hmm. and there's a guy under the table under the ring who's handing him the table but whatever way he pushes it forward he pushes it and it goes in under the the mat outside <laughs> outside the ring so Lashley has to give up and go get a chair oh, that was hmm. hilarious um, there was the bit where Goldberg um, spears Lashley through the barricade 
Mm. The camera cuts a wide angle. And just before that, one of the guys who's behind the barricade, like one of the timekeepers or whatever, he gets up uh, to move and he kind of balances his hand on the barricade when he moves. And the barricade wobbles a good, like, a good foot in each direction. Um, have you ever seen Garth Morangi's Dark Place? I haven't. It's brilliant, ridiculous uh, comedy show, but there's a scene in it set in a graveyard. It's obviously like a real cheap graveyard set, and they've used cardboard for the headstones because the headstones are like flapping back and forth in the breeze, and that's, <laughs> what, it, that's what it reminded me of. That's incredible. I love it. It's like a proper Plan 9 from Outer Space thing. <laughs> yeah. And then oh, uh, the spot at the end was fantastic. It was really cool. I just, again, like the King of the Ring, I don't see how they have so much money and they can't come up with something to disguise the, the crash tables. mats. Yeah, the tables and crash mats. But look, yeah, at the end of the day, you can dress up as much as you want, but still wrestling. And wrestling oh, yeah. still yeah. is kind of hokey. And, oh, yeah. you know, it's, it it's just when there's like, I get that. It's just, I don't understand why they don't fix simple things. Like when you could fix it in post, but you couldn't when, like, you couldn't fix this live. Like it was, it was live, you know, I know, but I mean, like, like when Chris Jericho, when he got thrown off the, off the blood and guts mm. cage mm. and landed on the thing now mm. that looked fine if they had painted the other side of those bloody mats. Yeah. But they only painted yeah. one side of them. So when they bent up, you could see what they were. And I'm like, that's a real simple thing that somebody could have done. But like how this, much, this but how was much, a real simple thing to, to cover up the crash mat. But, but how much control do you think the rest, like, again, like uh, with that kind of stuff, like, you know, and, and this is like, it is kind of the justification for editing, right? stuff because you can actually kind of grab that but even in even in stuff that would be pre-recorded for example like game of thrones where there was a random starburst cup just there there's so much job <laughs> for continuity right and yeah. and you know at the best of times in those control circumstances you still get those mess ups so on the yeah. live show where people are literally risking their lives you're like Ah, oh, yeah, look, you cut them out. Oh, yeah, it's no, stack, it's, you know? it's no criticism of the wrestlers. I it's totally agree with you. Absolutely just, no criticism of the wrestlers. It, it just like it's, say, it is what it is, you know? <laughs> and it's not even real criticism. I just thought it was kind of funny, you know? I it's thought the, the thing yeah, wobbling was kind of yeah. funny. Oh, I thought nice. your man handing him out the table. I thought that was hilarious, you know? But sure. what was it? There was actually, because I didn't even realize this as well, um, but it, it does kind of go to maybe the, the quality getting better. I mean, like, literally the actual audio-visual quality of wrestling improving, which is why we're seeing it. In the King in a Ring match in 2000, sorry, the, on the, the Shane McMahon-Kurt Angle match, right? Which is, we haven't got to it yet. Oh my God, folks, when we talk about that pay-per-view, we are Can't in for wait. a great day. Um, but, wait. oh man, I, I haven't watched that match in a while. But there's a bit where they're on top of the this little, little table, this little um, bit of plywood. And um, it's about to break. And the ref is holding it. And you don't really notice the referee's holding it because of where the camera is. Yeah. But if they were shooting it now, the way they shoot it now, you would absolutely see his hand on that. And it's just yeah. kind of, you know, it, it's the trade-off between like super high definition, instant 
quality multi-camera angles and then like some lad with a massive camera on his back like <laughs> trying to run catch you know it's and, and you're watching it on vhs exactly yeah or a small <laughs> little portable tv at like two in the morning uh so <laughs> I, I get what you're saying about the angles though because yeah that actually kind of came up in this match as well so bobby lashley was down on the stairs and goldberg had the other set of stairs and he was like gonna throw them on lashley but whatever way they had the camera angle it was clear that Lashley had Lashley had moved out of the way a half an hour ago before yeah. Goldberg actually threw the through the stairs down. But like you say, it's it's the trade off for having, you know, the the eight camera guys around the ring and them all being, you know, yeah, at every angle it's, and it, it it's ruining that suspension of disbelief, which to be fair, I remember my uncle saying to me when I was a young fellow going, Hey, you know, it's not so bad when you're in the audience, but when you watch it on TV, it's pretty terrible. And that was 20 years ago. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit worse now when you have the A cameras and it's like, yeah, you kind of have to, you know, you're going to have to just go with that suspension and disbelief. But anyway, fair play to Goldberg. Come back, all's forgiven. Well, not all's forgiven. You nearly killed the Undertaker, but, yeah, you know. Don't don't come back. Oh, and Bret Hart. <laughs> go, go out in the high. Oh, don't but, even. Don't even. Oh, I was. Sorry. Because this whole, this whole thing being King of the Ring. Yeah. yeah, I actually went back and I watched the 93 King of the Ring and it is still, to this day, goddamn masterpiece. Bret Hart puts on three clinics with Razor Moan, Mr. Perfect and Bam Bam Bigelow. And, oh, man. To, and it was unfair to watch that and then try and grade the show. Yeah, but that's <laughs> it. You know, when, you're, when you're watching it there, you're trying to figure out, like, you know, you have to watch it in its, in its own time. So look, fair play to Goldberg. Uh, if this is his last match, it's definitely one to go out on. Uh, Xavier Woods defeated Finn Balor in a decent match. It was okay. Like there was yeah. not really it was it was serviceable. You know, it it should have probably been better. It was it wasn't a raw match. It, it wasn't a dynamite match, but it was a open and pay per view match. I think this probably would have been would have been a very good opener. Um, yeah, that actually, yeah, that's a really fair summation. Yeah, I'd I'd be happy with that. So King, of the, so your new King of the Ring is Xavier Woods. So fair play. Yes. And again, the same dud coronation. Yeah. Huge. I just don't understand it. Like, why wasn't there like boom and confetti? And I mean, I've gone over all this before, but I just think it was a huge missed opportunity. Maybe they're probably going to do them on Raw or SmackDown. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe there'll be. Yeah. You're right. Maybe there'll be like coronations or something. Because this goes out on Tuesday, uh, we tape on a on a Friday night just before uh, SmackDown and, and Dynamo uh, and Rampage. So we don't know yet, but that's probably what they, they that's probably what they do. I'd say, or else, as you said, they just killed the gimmick. So <laughs> we'll yeah, find out. They, they really did because it was it looked worse than yeah. the one in the nineties, and the yeah, one in the nineties even yeah. looked bad for the nineties. Uh, Biggie defeated Drew McIntyre uh, in like that look. The match was very good. It had some really good moments, some really good misfalls. I, I think uh, Drew McIntyre really was class. Big E's not a top guy, uh, in my opinion. Uh, I just don't buy him. I, I just genuinely do not buy him as a top guy. I think he's a joke. Um, and that's, that's fine. Inter- what do you mean in terms of his character? I, or? Yeah, it, like uh, as far as like a physical guy, like man, he, he has it all. He has the look. His moveset's really deep. But giving him the belt when he's in the new day and then also like again i'm watching 
the 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 escape from the Undertaker thing, right? And he's a total <laughs> joke. And I'm like, you're the world champion, man. Like, come I on. The same way you know, I should I shouldn't have watched King of the Ring first. You shouldn't have watched that Undertaker. I I think it has skewed have. both it has, of our views. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the whole time, and you, when you watch it, you're like, oh man, we will be covering that next week. That's part of our Halloween special. And I just think it's like, they needed to like do some like serious like rehab on him as far as like build him as a serious threat. And I'm sure he is, but like with Drew, I'm like, they've built up Drew to be a killer. You know, and this, and here's the thing. Drew, when he left WWE, he was in 3MB, or a 3-man band. He was a total joke. Went off to Impact, rebuilt his character, came back and was just an absolute killer, right? Big E is still the booty uh unicorn, dancing, you know, oh, don't be sour. And look, that's great. And the New Day as a heel gimmick were great. Even as a face, they were grand, you know? But, like, I... I don't mind I don't. that. I think there's. I just don't I buy him as a, a I mean, like, people say stuff like that about like the likes of Orange Cassidy and. Yeah, but Orange I Cassidy is, isn't the world champion. <laughs> you know, no, I, think he, I think he could champion. be. I think he could at very least be TNT champion. But that's okay because that you know Cody was already that, so it's fine. That has no, <laughs> that's no value. Come on, we we we've been doing so well the past couple of weeks. You've been admitting bit by bit that you really <laughs> respect Cody. That's like oh mad. <laughs> he still has a lot to make up for now. But um oh man, like here's the thing. Like, I don't know. I just think a gimmick change would be good. And I think they did change his music anyway. Um, which is good. It's just some sort of darkening up his gimmick. I'm not saying you'll go off and be all moody and broody, but just a bit more like they tried to do this a bit, you know, where after the match they're like, Oh, you know, you know, I'm the champion, we have a lot more to go, and the way he was talking, as you said. They were telling, not showing. Like you actually said this. They were. He was cutting little promo in the ring to the camera. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, look, you know, I don't buy him as champion, but it's not a big deal. Like it's not a huge thing just yet. He just, they just need to change one or two things, and then he's actually fine. But well, well don't don't tell WWE that you want him to have a darker gimmick because <laughs> they'll go off and get him a bloody talking doll. I wouldn't mind that actually. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hate the fiend. I thought the fiend was great. Oh uh, come on, Lily and the the winking the winking doll and all that. Uh, I don't know. I I I like the goofy wrestling sometimes. You know, it's fine. Uh, but you I, don't I, like I just, Cody Rhodes. You liked Lily. Uh, I I don't <laughs> I don't see any common ground <clears throat> upon which we can sustain this friendship. <laughs> no, it's it's just it's you know I think at a certain point it's like. It's it's okay in its in its in its uh in its spot, you know. Like Lily and that whole stuff should never have been involved with a women's championship match, right? For one. In its own kind of thing, doing its own spooky weird stuff, fine, right? Um I just think when you start being it's the it's the John Cena problem. When Cena would run out looking like a, like a bag of smarty a bag of skittles or smarties, you're like on like you're the world champion you gotta have that kind of it's 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 like roman reigns right roman reigns was always you know was always awesome and always had the ability to be awesome but nobody bought him because he was he was newered basically after the shield and then when he turned and just became this basic beast so there you go like i think biggie has that what he has because he was in the 
He was really good in Florida Championship Wrestling. And he's a really good wrestler in general. But just this... This character is doing more damage than good now at, as a world champion. So they need to decide, really, do they want the New Day to be the New Day and retain their markability as the New Day? And this is the question. Maybe you guys can, can chime in on either leave the comments or not. Because I remember when I... When I uh, when I badmouthed bad Kofi, someone got upset and left comments. I'm like, he didn't badmouth. He's just not a good world champion. It was proven. But anyway, I, I think Big E has a, is, is the best of the whole bunch as far as like being a world champion. They well, just need... They, have, they been, have they been split up now? They have, not, yeah. Not that the group's fallen apart. I mean, no, they moved. some of them in Raw and some of them in SmackDown. Yeah, and that's what they're trying to do, right? So they are... Split them without actually... Yeah, because like, having them fall out. Yeah, they want. It's, I think they're going to kind of do like a bullet club kind of thing where they're still part of the group, but they can come and go, which is a good way to have your cake and eat it too. But yeah. with, with Biggie, they have to give them a bit more. You know what it's like. You know what DX, right? And just go home here. So when DX broke up as such, it didn't. And Triple H went off. So if they do the Triple H thing with Biggie, where it gives them that bit of an edge, you know, where you can still have the fun loving side of it which dx certainly did if 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 the plan here is for biggie to be the triple h of the the new days dx they can totally do that right but putting the belt on them was a bit too early because if you think about it triple h had already established this darker side to him this bit more of an aggressive edge before dx came back so they've kind of set this up where They've created an issue that shouldn't have been one. What they should have done is hold off on the cash in, have the new day move right, and have Big E kind of been like, "Look, I don't have my my buddies here anymore. I'm going to go off and and bait everybody in." You know, I think that was the original plan. It, and it then should have, should have done it. And it then done it. I think that was the original plan. And then Dynamite started outdoing Raw in yeah. the uh, in the demos. Yeah, and they panicked, and they had Biggie tweet out, "I'm going to cash in tonight." You know, to kind of pop a rate, and I think it was, I think it was the first time they'd lost, and they didn't want to lose out two shows in a row. Yeah, that makes sense. Like that, that and, makes sense. and they had Biggie tweet that he was going to cash in, and blah blah and, blah. And you know what? Like that's probably exactly what happened. And I, I think the only person that suffered there was Biggie. Like obviously, winning the championship, you're not going to turn that down. But he ha- he now has this uphill battle with him where he still has the new day stink on him and he's not serious yet but this match was very good i think having more of these matches will do wonders for him but when i see doogie versus drew mcintyre i only see one star there as far as like drew mcintyre is the star biggie is the joke but here's the thing we could be sitting we could be sitting here now and at royal rumble which is only like three months away biggie could be like the biggest star in the company so again we're not being negative here this is just the presentation, and that's all it is. I th- I thought this match was okay. I thought it was fine for you know just a standard match. I mm. thought for a world title match, it was a bit lacking. Well, um, you only had one star there. Yeah, well, well, I mean, I I think Biggie's okay. I you know maybe I don't feel as strongly about it as you, but I thought the match itself, the quality of the match for for what was supposed to be. A world title match was a wee right. bit lacking. Was by no means a bad match. No, it wasn't. Um, the only thing it I, felt it made like a me think match. of was 
felt like yeah, yeah. maybe raw main event you know? yeah that's exactly what it was a raw main event yeah but uh, the only thing it made me think of is do you remember the Robin Hood movies and Robin Hood has the friend called Little John but it's yeah, a joke yeah. because Little yeah. John is actually huge. huge yeah I think Big E stands for Big Ears but it's a joke because the whole way through this match all I could look at was the side of his head and he has tiny tiny little tiny itty bitty ears Oh man, you know, and this is the thing. He, they need to do a repackage on him. He he needs to like do something, you know, wear a mask or you know, be the fiend or get a leather jacket or hit people yeah. with stairs. Or his, his or... gimmick is his ears are small, so small he can't hear you. <laughs> so you you cut like a like a bloody scathing promo on him, and he just goes, "Huh? <laughs> Sorry." Oh man, I don't know. I just I feel bad for Biggie because like. I think this is going to be, you know, remember when CM Punk cashed in the first time and yeah. he, he beat Edge, I think, and uh, he won the belt and it was just a joke. Nobody even cared. I think that's the danger of this cash in thing where if you don't do it properly or if it's done too early or if it's, it, it can either, you can, it can fail like it has uh, to cash in in general or when you do cash in, you're kind of a lame duck champion. And I think that's the sad reality of this if they don't kind of fix this soon it's also the problem of having these gimmicks that become yeah. pay-per-views yeah like that's it yeah the, the money in the bank should be something that arises out of a dispute you know mm. three or four guys have equal claim to be in the number one contender or you know something like that but just having a money in the bank every year a hell in a cell every year you know it just uh extreme rules every year it, it takes the what what the aura of these matches? What makes them special? I just throw. I mean, the Hell in a Cell doesn't mean anything anymore. So no. you were saying well, that it well, used show, to be terrifying. Yeah. Well, it look, doesn't mean anything anymore. I agree. There are certain matches that you can do. Certain road points, kind of like the Royal Rumble, where it's like, okay, we know what's going to be on this. The Survivor Series. Oh, yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the Rumble's you know. an institution. Well, here's the thing, though. You could turn certain things into an institution without the match type being an institution. For example, I think War Games should be an institution that WWE do every year on the main roster, where yep. everyone knows War Games is coming up in like what September or something. You know, you know, War Games is coming. Um, and you can have other matches like King in a Ring should always be one of those things as well. It's like I think they ha- Survivor Series should be dropped and mm, King yeah, of the Ring get rid of the goddamn cloaks and all the gimmicky stuff. King of the Ring should be made into a real serious, prestigious G1 type tournament. And you, you can know? do the on Survivor Series, the same with Deadly Games. Just call it Survivor Series Deadly Games and then there you go, or King of the Ring or whatever. Like, I, that's the thing, man. We, we, you, you and me are sitting here at like, what, 11 o'clock at night coming up with better ideas than the yeah. WWE. You know, and it's it's just like, it's it's because it's logical. It's like, why the Hell in a Cell match was good? Because it had realistic stakes. And I think if you knew, right, we have war games coming up here, well, you're going to have the story of building your teams and who can you trust and who can you go into. And then you can build around that rather than, oh, Jesus, we need to find someone to give the, the money in the bank to because money in the bank is coming up. And, uh, yeah, we have to give the belt to someone. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like, <laughs> you know? well, it's like, but we're going to see, well, we're not going to see it. I'm certainly not going to see it because I don't watch it. But um, it's what WWE fans are going to see for the next month. People suddenly caring about, the color of t-shirt they wear you know yeah, that's it blue versus red that suddenly it means nothing 
It's yeah, these guys who are suddenly at each other's throats for the next month are going to be, you know, it's all about the team, man. <laughs> I, you know, my my least favorite pay per view is Survivor Series. I think it's. Oh, it's the worst. We def- we probably will not be covering that on this show, folks. <laughs> because it's terrible. Unless something cool happens, but we don't know. Anyway, Becky Lynch defeated Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks in a triple threat match for the SmackDown Women's Championship, which, you know what, was actually a very interesting match. I liked having Bianca Belair in there as well with the Sasha-Becky thing, but then also having like the three-way spots that were done. It was cool because you had Sasha and Bianca. And then you had Becky versus Bianca. And then Becky versus Sasha. It was such a cool dynamic. And obviously Becky working heel. Um, I think it was great. I uh, really enjoyed this. This was a very good 20 minutes. This was the match of the night for me. Oh, yeah. I thought it was. Yeah, I thought this was the best match of the night. Um, I thought, again, this is one of those things where I thought they've been watching a lot of Dynamite. Because they did away with the usual WWE triple threat framework you know where they kind of throw one person out then they have a two person match they throw no, one they, were, they were out. wrestling they, they were, were really together. going three for three some yeah. awesome double and triple team moves and and to be honest I did not expect it like this because as soon as Becky came out and now she's big time big, Bex big time Bex oh god I yeah. was the just like, was the oh, worst thing in the world this yeah. is this is it yeah, no, the, um, that graphic, but, that graphic looked like it was something from 2004, and it was. Oh, that that's another thing I probably should have said at the start. I I hate this thing they do, where they have the computer graphic entrance thing, mm, you know, yeah, that isn't yeah. really there. Like the whole point of a live show is you're supposed to put on like a big performance, like theatrics and all for the live crowd. But again, that, that's neither here nor there. Um. I just thought that Becky had such a great gimmick, yeah. such a great character, and this big time Bex thing just reeks <laughs> of something that they're going to drop in three weeks. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's here for a little while, but uh, my God, it was, uh, yeah, it was rough. But, you know, and she, I don't know, she can't work as a heel because she's too likable. That's the problem. Oh, buddy, like she's healing it up the whole way, and the whole crowd's cheering her name. Yeah, everybody loves her. It's like, just what are you doing? Like, how, how did they not learn? Yeah, like it's just from last time. This has all happened before. It has. Yeah, it's like the Matrix. This has happened before and will happen again. Like, and that's it. it will happen again. It's like it's just like the woman is a natural face. Everybody love, yeah. loves her. Like, what are you doing? Like, it makes no sense. And the then fact- when. You, like they've messed up making people dislike her so much that her ring attire is the same ring attire as the most beloved man in all of wrestling, Eddie Kingston. Nobody's going to boo anyone. It doesn't matter how much of a heel they are. If they're even wearing anything that resembles Eddie Kingston, they're not going to get booed. <laughs> well, that's it. And the crowd were like chanting her name the whole time. She won. Everyone went home happy. And WDB are still like, yeah. Well, that's not and what she we expected. To win and she did. I'm cared if they cheered her more. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the time they tried to turn her heel by having her bait the hell out of Charlotte with the belts, and the crowd was just going, "Yeah, more, bait her more, <laughs> hit her more." <laughs> oh man, I love it. It's gas. 
But uh, look, this was match of the night. If you haven't watched any show, if you haven't watched any match on this card, this is the one to watch. This is the one you'll have the most fun in. Um, and it was followed up by a confusing mess of 30 <sighs> minutes, which, hold on, I have to say one word. So in the pre-show, the little stupid thing they do, which I can't stand these pre-shows, they announced as a no disqualification match. And 20 minutes later, they said, oh, no, actually, it's not it's not no disqualification. The wrestlers aren't... Uh, Sorry, the participants aren't aren't uh, up to it tonight. They want it to be a, a normal match. Why do uh, that? I don't know. Nobody knows why that happened. He had a little graphic and everything. So what probably happened was they probably realised, oh, if we do that, we won't be able to do our finish. So Ugh. there we go. And the finish was a screwy finish. Now, to be fair, it wasn't the worst screwy finish ever because it was kind of natural enough. But... um. Yeah, you know, Roman here's, Reigns. Here's the problem. Here's the problem with the finish, Dara. Yeah. Like I've said repeatedly, I don't watch WB. Yeah. I see it very sparsely. You know, if you want us to review a show or, yeah. um, you know, maybe if there's a clip on YouTube or someone mentioned something in particular happened that's yeah. worth looking up. I, yeah. Okay, I do that, right? That's but right. I am not a regular watcher of this show. And right. already I am sick to the back teeth of Reigns winning by the Usos running in and kicking someone. I don't watch WWE, and I've already seen that a million times. So I, this, oh, just as soon as I saw the referee get knocked down, I just put my f- hands in my face, or my face in my hands, or whatever, and I just like, oh, I knew exactly what was coming. And it was like the it wasn't the worst ref bump ever, but it was a horrifically bad ref yeah. bump. No, it's um, it's not even that the ref bump itself was bad. It's just that as soon as it happened, yeah, you knew what was coming. coming. Yeah, and look, to be fair, you know, I wasn't expecting any of these belts to change. While these shows are supposed to be WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and look, to be fair, on the scale they are at that scale. But they're also kind of non-canon because nothing of consequence usually happens. But that's not true because Goldberg defeated, sorry, The Fiend defeated uh, Goldberg at it. And um, no, Goldberg sorry. Goldberg defeated The Fiend. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, the other way around. Um, at it, and that was just kind of, okay, fair enough. So, I, I mean, know. it was a pity because I kind of got at the start of this, I kind of got WCW vibes. Like yeah. we were talking about this last week, this yeah. was this had a genuinely had a big fight feel. Yeah, there were two physically huge guys, yeah. two huge personalities. Yeah, you know you had the you had the huge over dramatics of who is Heyman really with? You know which side is he on? Blah blah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like this could have been really good. It didn't even have to be like a technically great match. Mm. You know, like a lot of the best matches haven't actually been great matches. You know, like, yeah. Hogan Warrior, Hogan Andre, all that kind of thing. They were just mm. felt like huge events. And this could have been that. Uh, and then they just let the air out of the whole thing with that idiotic ending. I mean, like, if you're going to put Reigns over and they're going to, you know, keep the title on Reigns till maybe not even WrestleMania, till WrestleMania next year, then put him goddamn over. You know, I have seen him win so many matches. He's supposed to be this, you know, incredible dominant heel. And like mm. I say, I hardly watch the damn thing. 
and I think every match I've ever seen him win, he's won somehow screwy. You know, he beat Kevin Owens. It was screwy. Uh, he, I, I've lost count to how many times I've seen the Usos come in and kick someone, you know, screwy finish. I just... Maybe it's because I never liked Roman Reigns. Maybe I'm biased. I don't know. Well, look, you know, it's... Again, Roman Reigns is so much better as a heel. Always has been. This protection where he, you know, he's skirting the line. I do think there was probably a better finish here at some point. Because obviously they had a very different plan and it was changed, like, literally as the show was going on. So it is very WCW in that sense. But um, look, it was what it was. Roman Reigns is still your WWE Universal Champion. I don't think this is definitively over. I think this is going to continue for quite some time. So yeah, I mean, it's hard to know with with Brock and his uh, his working arrangements. You know, he likes yeah. to show up for the big show and then not for the big show. But you know what I mean? <laughs> um, well, look, here's the thing: he showed up, he got his private plane, he got paid more money yeah. than we'll ever see in our life. And Let's speak for yourself. Speak for well, yourself. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, I tell you what. I what I do want to know is on. where did the second referee come from? Because I don't know. Was he the just ref- hanging out there? Yeah, the referee yeah, got knocked yeah. down because I I wound this back to make sure that I wasn't just you know hey. no 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 it was hitting me too yeah 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 I wound it back and the camera pans around right and you can see he he hasn't pinned and you can see literally the whole length of that runway. Like the whole, and it's a long runway. It's very you can long, see yeah. The whole length of it, and there's nobody there. And then the camera pans down to the two of them on the ground, and suddenly yeah, this referee jumps in out of nowhere. And goes, One, two, three. Yeah. Where was he? Yeah. No, it's they honestly they I think that was this they had booked themselves into a corner. They're like, right, we have to do some sort of screwy finish here, and then they had him probably just hanging out back to like at the side of the stage or something because he showed up so fast and out of nowhere it was like this is ridiculous but look it 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 diminished what was actually a pretty fun show obviously what we talked about at the beginning of the show if you didn't watch it we totally understand why um but all that aside solid um c c plus C, C plus, yeah. yeah. Uh, definitely worth your time if you want some decent WWE that is not offensive. Um, I would put any money in the world that this was not booked by WWE or definitely it was had heavy input from someone else because this didn't feel like a WWE show until the end. Well, it's like you can tell, you can tell the matches or you can tell the shows that aren't booked by Vince, you know, when he's off or not there. You can tell the shows that aren't directed by... Um, what do you call him? The Kevin Dunn. The Kevin Dunn. Yeah, yeah, you can tell the shows that aren't directed by him because you can watch them without throwing up all over your shoes. Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah. You yeah. know, you can kind of tell who is and isn't there. Yeah. Yeah, and I would suspect that neither of them were there. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a safe bet. But Martin, I want to thank you so much again. We've, we did go yeah. over. We did go over this week. Um, so hey, thank you we're, all for we're over, man. We go over every week. <laughs> That's fair. Speaking of every week, next week we're going to have our special Halloween uh, edition of the show, which I'm super excited about. I don't think we did one last year. Um, so instead of covering what we normally cover, which would be WCW, we will get back to WCW the week after. Oh, don't worry. We, we are going to talk about this wonderful Netflix special 
of the un- uh, Escape from the Undertaker, which is holy cow, it's an experience, folks. <laughs> I, I'm telling you. And also, we're gonna we cracked open a list of wrestling team or re- uh, horror movies with wrestlers in them. So we're gonna pick two or three. I don't know what we're gonna. We'll throw them up on our social media later, and um, we're gonna review those. So next week, get your spoopiest costume on or whatever. And come hang out with us because we're going to have a lot of fun on Halloween. Well, it's, uh, we're taping it on the Friday. So it's the Friday before Halloween. But for us, it's still good enough. And uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. But if you want to play along at home, uh, you can watch the movies before. We will announce them on social media and watch the the Undertaker Netflix thing, which please do because <laughs> I've already watched it once. And oh, my God. I have. Oh my I'm, God. I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> something else. I don't well, know. Let's what get those risking. let's let's get those movies we're gonna watch nailed down kinda early so I yeah. can so we have time to Yeah, so so we're gonna pick we're probably gonna pick them over the weekend. We'll put them up on our social media and on our um Twitter and stuff like that as well. So you guys can watch them and uh yeah, so that's gonna be it. Martin, is there anything you want to plug before we get out of here? I absolutely do. I have been afflicted with just this ridiculous uh infection cold. It's not. It's not a cold, but I don't think it's quite the flu. It's not COVID either. I got that tested, but basically, I've been coughing and spluttering and snottering all week, and I haven't been able to sleep. And uh, this week, I would like to plug Lemsip and Jameson's. Now, I don't know if this is recommended by doctors, but I have found that if you chuck two packs of Lemsip in a mug and two shots of Jameson in on top of it, and a bit of hot water and a lemon. And get that down, yeah. You could be missing a leg, and you'll sleep through it. <laughs> there you go. That's uh, we're not doctors, but you know, it is still we, good to know. We would like to stress that we are not doctors. We are not doctors, but uh, not even yeah. like, not even like you know, doctors of like uh, arts or anything like that. We have not even a non-medical doctorate between us. Do uh, not I, take our advice. I, I did try, Martin. I got halfway and then the government took the funding. So, But still, uh, that's not good enough to give medical advice. <laughs> so, no, you know, use with your own caution. But uh, I'm just saying it worked for me. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But then again, I'm not exactly the epitome of help. <laughs> Dara, do you have anything you'd like to, to plug that isn't potentially dangerous? <laughs> yes, I actually do. So, obviously, if you're listening to us on Phoenix 92.5 FM, thank you so much. If you, this is your first time listening to us, we're sorry. Um, but if you like what you hear, go over to Nerd to Know Media. Uh, check out the James Two Penny channel as well. You can also uh, throw us a couple of books uh, via PayPal or whatever. And if you're into metal, you can check out my, my band, Horrenda, are doing a special live stream Halloween event. Which will be over there. So if you are into that, check out uh, Horrenda on on the internet. You can find us uh, Horrenda official on YouTube, or uh, Horrenda Ireland or whatever. You can find us as well. And we will have something very cool coming out on Halloween. So do check that out. Is that all you're plugging? That's all I'm plugging. That a desk board buddy money money must have run out did it. <laughs> well, the desk board but yeah, you know they they are they are, they are. So okay, well you mentioned it. Deskborg buddy, I'd say I've uh, really enjoyed using it, man. It's 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 my main lately. Uh, Deskborgbuddy.com as well, if you want to check that out. But you know, 
I use it, man. It 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 was it's worth its weight in gold. Let's put it that way. It's worth all the harassment from social media that you get the minute you Google it. <laughs> it's just the most aggressive social media marketing ever. But uh, you know, guys, if you do want to pick up those up, they're actually like pretty awesome. I'm not gonna lie to you. But my advice. Don't use a social. Don't use a browser that's connected to your social media because you'll get ads forever, <laughs> forever. But they are pretty cool. But again, again, gang, thank you so much for checking out the show. We appreciate it. Hashtag save Dave. Uh, Hashtag enslave Dave. Slave Dave. <laughs> hopefully Dave will be back at some point. We don't know where he is. But uh, yeah, we've been the Wrestling Rewind. We'll talk to you next week for a Halloween special. Bye, guys. See you Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.